From APM American Public Media, this is the American Radio Works podcast. I'm Stephen Smith. Philanthropic foundations have been giving money to public education for years now. In 1993, the Annenberg Challenge put $500 million towards improving the K-12 system. At the time, it was the largest private gift ever made to public schools. Since then, philanthropies such as the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation have poured billions of dollars more into education. But our guest on the podcast says that educational philanthropy is changing. Sarah Reckow is a professor of political science at Michigan State University. She studies education reform and the role of outside money in K-12 education. In her book, Follow the Money, How Foundation Dollars Change Public School Politics, she argues that philanthropies are increasingly pushing specific educational agendas. And she says that more and more, different foundations are funding the same programs and organizations. One disclaimer here, one of the foundations that Sarah studies is the William and Flora Hewlett Foundation, which is one of our funders, though it does not influence our editorial work. Sarah Reckow joins us from East Lansing, Michigan. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. How'd you get interested in this thing in the first place, the role that philanthropies play in shaping public education? I first got interested in this as a graduate student uh, working on a project on the Oakland Small Schools Reform Initiative. Uh, This was around 2004-2005, and we were doing interviews with all sorts of leaders in Oakland with no particular focus on philanthropy as we started the project. But through the interviews, we were increasingly hearing names like the Gates Foundation, Broad Foundation, Dell Foundation as very involved actors in this. And I realized that there would have been very little work done on the role of foundations. And even to the people who were directly involved in Oakland, it seemed to be a new and emerging force in their lives, but something that they knew relatively little about. So how big a deal is this? How much money do foundations uh, put into American public education each year? And what percentage of the total education budget does that represent? It represents a tiny proportion of the total education budget, really a tiny drop. But there is enormous variation when you look across different places or in different sectors of the educational system. So foundation funding does tend to concentrate in particular um, school districts. So, for instance, uh, New Orleans, particularly since Hurricane Katrina, Newark, New Jersey is another example, and so it's Washington, D.C. And in those places, you're still talking about something on the order of a few hundred dollars per student in foundation money, and that's compared against 10000 or more per student in public funding. So, that's that's still an enormous difference, but what I would emphasize is that the philanthropic funds are much more usable for new initiatives and that the public funding tends to be relatively fixed from one year to the next for spending on personnel and facilities and um, the various costs that the public sector has to bear just to keep the lights on and keep the school staffed. So are these foundations trying to uh, change the way schools teach students? And if that's the case, can you give me an example or two of how the foundations are channeling their money to change policy? Well, one big example um, would be the expansion of the charter school sector. 
and the way this money is being channeled is to um, major charter management organizations that open and operate charter schools. But money also goes to support organizations that build charter school facilities, organizations that support the charter sector more generally, like the National Association of Charter School Authorizers. And you can also, in some sense, link um, some of the funding that goes to Teach for America, given that um, in some sites where Teach for America places teachers, a fairly high proportion of those individuals go to teach in charter schools. So the, the rapid growth of the charter school sector, I think, has relied a fair amount on continuing philanthropic investment. So what's wrong with uh, the foundations having influence in the public education system? Well, I think that's very much a matter for debate um, and very much dependent on one's perspective on what's going to improve education. There's plenty of support for particular charter schools, for instance, having successful outcomes for students. I think a lot of the criticism comes from issues of lack of transparency in terms of how decisions get made when foundations are involved. For instance, in Newark, New Jersey, where there's a major new plan to restructure student assignment in schools, there's been a lot of expansion of charter schools, and that's an instance where the state is in control of the schools. And there is a common thread in some of these sites that I've mentioned where foundations have invested heavily. Um, it, do, it often has occurred in places where um, the state or, in some cases, the mayor is in control of the schools um, rather than a locally elected school board. Is that because the foundations can sort of target their influence on people who are centrally in control of the education system? Yes, that has been the case. And I mean, that has that's something I've been able to fairly systematically analyze with the data that I have, that there's, there is, <laughs> there's a clear relationship between uh, governance and, and where foundations have been investing heavily. And I think from the foundation's perspective, that's been a, an effective strategy to see change that happens more quickly and therefore potentially also results that they hope to, will be positive. Um, but from the perspective of the local communities, there have definitely been groups and constituencies saying, wait a second, who made these decisions over time? Is it your perception that foundations have play an outsized role among the variety of stakeholders who are trying to influence public education and, and education policy? Do foundations with their money have more weight to throw around than other constituents? I would say in recent years, yes, their influence has become more outsized. And, but I would add two caveats. One is that um, when you look across school districts, that outside influence is very specific to particular places. Um, and some of the places that I've been mentioning are the ones where it's quite visible. But there are thousands of school districts where there's little to no influence and foundations simply are not focused on those places. If you turn to the federal level, though, I do think there's an interesting and, and quite recent story of growing foundation influence related to federal policy. And, and one thing I would highlight would be um, the issue of, of teacher quality and, and performance evaluations of teachers. Um, this is a fairly recent priority of the Gates Foundation to focus on teacher quality and performance. And we are now seeing states on a fairly widespread scale implementing uh, initiatives to 
link student test scores and data to teachers. And then Common Core is, is another one. And The Common Core State yeah, Standards. Yeah, Common Core State Standards. And I, it's hard to imagine that these things would have happened quite as quickly and in, in the simultaneous fashion that they did if they hadn't also happened to be priorities of the Gates Foundation. They were also pushed by a lot of other actors, so it's not some kind of independent initiative of Gates. They had plenty of allies um, working alongside them, but I think their resources were instrumental. This has been going on for a while, though, hasn't it? I mean, the, after all, didn't the Carnegie Foundation, uh, or, the, or the Carnegie Institution anyway, establish what we all use now to measure student outcomes in school, how much time they spend in oh, the yeah, seat? Oh, yeah, the Carnegie Unit. The Carnegie <laughs> Unit. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, there is a longstanding role that foundations have played, particularly in the education sector. So it's it's not entirely new, though I would say we we had recently come off of a period of less bold action on the part of foundations, kind of following the 1960s and a bit of backlash against foundations, particularly the Ford Foundation at the time, and, and some very fairly active political involvement they had had. And I think you can kind of trace the recent upsurge from the late 90s onward. So we're kind of, I think we're kind of in a new wave. <laughs> what happened to produce this new wave? That is a good question. I, I think part of it is, you mentioned the Annenberg Challenge at the beginning, and I think part of it is related to the sense that that $500 million and the um, massive amount of matching funds that came along with it did not produce the kinds of results that were trumpeted and promised um, at the time it was announced. And the way um, the Annenberg Challenge was implemented was they allowed um, local communities and groups to determine the strategies um, for how they wanted to improve their school systems. And what you see foundations doing now is is very far removed from that, um, where they determine their goals and objectives um, at the level of the foundation. And then they find partners and groups that they want to work with that are going to expeditiously implement those goals and strategies. So it's more of a top-down approach, and that's why you can kind of say the Gates Foundation prioritizes Common Core and teacher quality because they have taken a stand on those issues and are clearly and publicly linked to that. So what do you expect to see from uh, educational philanthropy in the coming years? I would say a few things. I mean, one is that I think there have been some recent events that are are maybe leading some of the funders who have taken this very strong strategic and agenda-driven approach to perhaps question it a little bit. I mean, the, the backlash on Common Core has been fairly vocal, and as much as there are real, continue to be very strong supporters of that, and many states are moving ahead with it, there's been some reason to question whether a strategy that involved more people along the way could have been more effective, along with some of the more locally-based initiatives like uh, Newark, for example, or cases where more listening along the way could produce a, an outcome where 
there's better buy-in when you actually have to implement the policy. You have to get people to commit resources and time in order to make something work. Um, and having those practitioners actually agree and invest in doing that is clearly a key component of a successful outcome. Sarah Reckow, thank you so much. You're welcome. Sarah Reckow is a professor of political science at Michigan State University. Her book, Follow the Money, How Foundation Dollars Change Public School Politics, is now out in paperback. There's more information about Sarah's work at our website, AmericanRadioWorks.org. There you can find podcasts about issues in higher education and K-12 education and browse the archive of more than 100 documentary projects. You can also let us know what you think of our coverage, AmericanRadioWorks.org. We are on Facebook at American.RadioWorks, and we're tweeting on Twitter at AMRadioWorks. Support for American Radio Works comes from the Spencer Foundation, Lumina Foundation, and the William and Flora Hewlett Foundation. I'm Stephen Smith. Thanks for listening. This is APM, American Public Media. Thank you.